what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, artists, uh, people in and around the world that are in their thing, they're on their vibe, they're doing things a little bit differently, they're carving out their own path, uh, you know, and uh, you definitely don't subscribe to the status quo because you're pushing boundaries. And every week I bring on guests as well to talk about those boundaries. And I'm going to tell you right now, they would agree with you. They don't uh, have the normal life path. They have definitely done everything differently than uh, society might otherwise tell them. And as you guys know, and I've been preaching for the last, you know, four and a half, five years of the show is that uh, success is not this overnight thing and it's glamorized and glorified in media, but there's no ending. It's an ongoing thing and success is different for every single person. And it also involves a lot of self-growth and personal development, a lot of really great lessons learned along the way. And uh, I have my guests share some of those lessons or those themes, or we tackle a certain issue uh, of, of that growth so we can humanize this entrepreneurial and creative journey. And we can also, you know, connect even more with all of you, as you guys uh, know how we like to do. Uh, for many of you that have been following the show and listening for a long time, I appreciate you. Uh, and I'm humbled. For those of you that are new, I also appreciate you and humbled. For those of you that are new, uh, I'm Matt Gottesman, founder of Hustle Sold Separately Podcast and several other ventures. You can follow me along at Matt Gottesman on uh, Instagram. You can also, if you want to jump in the conversation of the intersection of culture and creativity and entrepreneurship, that's at HDF Magazine. And of course, you guys can follow the show at uh, Hustle Sold Separately on Instagram and uh, connect with me. You guys know I answer each and every single text message, DM, you know, reply on the wall, you name it. I've been doing it for six, seven years now, and I'm not about to stop. So I appreciate you guys for that as well, too. We've got another really, really, really great show. And we're actually going to be talking a lot about discipline and what governs our behavior and how do we, you know, use that to our success. But it all comes down to discipline. And I've got an exceptional guest, Shagun Oduolowu. And he's a TV host, entertainment journalist, and media personality. Uh, and uh, he's been in the game for quite some time, a, a very uh, experienced and accomplished. Give you just a little bit of a, of a background. Um, prior to um, hosting the list, uh, he actually appeared regularly on NBC's Access Live and the Today Show. Uh, these are not small shows, people. <laughs> and he's also worked with Fox's The Wendy Williams Show, as well as internationally for CNN, Deutsche Welle, and BBC. Uh, Shagun was also a regular guest and contributor to long-running HLN series, uh, Dr. Drew on Call. I'm sure you guys know all these shows, so <laughs> um, he's been a part of it. Uh, he was also the uh, co-host of See It, Skip It, uh, the first ever entertainment review show for Rotten Tomatoes on Facebook Watch. And as an actor, he has starred on television shows as varied as Showtime's Weed, Weeds, uh, Spike TV's The Joe Schmo Show, and films Nearly Married and God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness. Shagun has also appeared in numerous national commercials, working with some of the biggest athletes and actors of our time. And when the bright lights are turned off, he spends, uh, enjoys being a father to his daughter, Ava, and his amazing wife. Is it, how do you say? I want Asia. To, Asia. Beautiful. Uh, and, I, and I was just telling him before he uh, came on the show, like, I love watching his, uh, his stories and his social media because he's really into his family. And that means a very big deal to me in general. So 
Thank you, Shagun, for being on the show. Oh, thank you, Matt, for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I, and I love it um, because now you're on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, a, this is a bit of a change. But first, you crushed the last name, so I'm so happy that you did that. You're an honorary brother. You thank got the Odulowu name. Uh, which is big. I felt good when it came out too. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, it took ten dollars. I love it. I, and you know, and it's a big deal to me because I, I want to honor the guests. Uh, I've you. had some guests who were like, no, no, just call me this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I I want to know, like, you know. So I appreciate it. And I know we're going to tackle a very, very important subject mm -hmm. today with with discipline. But I, I I always say the first question is the same. How do we get here? Because this is an amazing rap sheet that you had. This is an unbelievable background, and you know, and it's taken some time. How do we get here? You can go as far back as you'd like. All right. Well. First and foremost, uh, being the host of The List right now, it's a nationally syndicated news magazine show, and I don't get the opportunity to host this show uh, without many other people you know, stepping up and giving me a break. Because right. when you look at the TV landscape, there are not many people that look like me or have my name. You know, shout out to my man, Akbar uh, Biamila, the co-host uh, co of American Ninja Warrior, because we've had that conversation before. We're like, they're not too many Nigerian brothers, man, that are this complexion, this size, doing real television. And it's breaks. You get lucky, you get breaks. And for me, uh, being first-generation Nigerian-American, the discipline was you just had to believe that you could do it. So that first thing is believing that you could do it. I had incredible parents you know my my mother my late father their whole idea was whatever you choose to do be your best at it and yes. don't complain that it's too hard if you chose to undertake it Oof. you know what I mean so like yeah. that's how and for immigrant parents you know my dad was a Fulbright scholar so I wasn't Oof. going to graduate college and be like see dad I've got a degree he's like I've got four of them so <laughs> so that doesn't mean anything my mom's an occupational therapist so for us it was you have to strive to be the best and so when I wanted to get into entertainment uh, I remember doing a school play the first I was in first grade I did the elephant's child it's a Rudyard Kipling poem and I, I did that play and I was just like wow I was hooked like the like starlight you know you know sh being on stage all of that was I, I wanted to be into that now my older sister Fumi she's incredible she's a doctorate of pharmacy my older brother bio he's in sales you know my younger brother Shay they're in they make tons and tons of money they are all college graduates and then there's me who's like yeah I'm gonna do this entertainment thing um, I played college basketball so I had an academic scholarship to the University of Houston and I got there and I realized that, yeah, I was going to go to college and I'm going to major in political science. I'm going to be a lawyer because that's what good African kids do. They become doctors or lawyers. That's what your parents tell you to do. And that first political science class kicked my butt. And I was like, if we want to continue on this road, we're not going to lose this, you know, this academic scholarship. So let's go into what we love. And I got tapped because I talked a lot <laughs> by the coaches to, you know what, there's the, why don't you be that guy that does some of the pregame speeches and gets us all hype. And I guess word got out and I got invited down to the student television station and they had me come down and they wanted me to talk on their sports show. Talked on the sports show, had a lot of fun. They said, hey, loved what you did on the sports show. Would you mind sticking around for the talk show? Stuck around for the talk show, loved that. They asked me to come back next week, talk do the talk show again, because they already knew the sports show stuff. So let's do the talk show again. The main host wasn't there. So the main they were like, uh -huh. you know what, main host isn't there. Could you fill in? 
And he got Wally pipped because they had me come back a third time. And on the third time, the main host was there. And all of the phone calls for the show came for me. Like people wanted to hear my opinion <laughs> and talk. And at the end of the at the end of the show, he was like, well, look, this show is not going to work with two people. So you guys need to make a decision. And they offered me the show Oof. on the spot. Oof. And that's kind of been my thing like ever since. It's always been I, I'm not going to tell you I'm the best at what I do. But whoever you think is the best, put me up against them, there and I go. promise you one of us is coming out of that room, and it's not going to be them. Like, right. I'm always – that's just the way I was kind of taught to look at things. Like, you don't have to walk around and just say you're the, the best. Just give me the shot. Yep. So once I started hosting the show, I changed the name of it. It became Shagoon Live, and it was a live call-in show on campus at, at the University of Houston. It was the longest-running on-campus call-in show. I started it like my sophomore year, and it went all the way through until I graduated. Uh, we had all types of mayhem. We let all types of secrets out. It got to be so much fun that I actually stopped playing basketball. Now, I kept my academic scholarship, but I stopped playing basketball. Mm. I should actually say I was asked to stop playing basketball <laughs> as a walk-on. They kind of kind of asked me to stop playing basketball, the truth be told. But the show was became my everything, and I knew from there what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in entertainment. I just had to figure out how. And it was either you go to New York when I graduated or you go to L.A. If you go to New York and you fail, you sleep in the gutter. If you go to L.A. and you fail, you sleep on the beach. Yep. Beach, <laughs> the beach seemed a lot better. So after I graduated, I packed my stuff up, and I went to Los Angeles and, you know, there were some high points and low points. You know, you audition for commercials. You're just trying to get your face out in front. And I got really lucky. My mentor is Kenny Smith from Inside the NBA. Yeah. Um, sure. uh, yeah. Shout out to Kenny. He was there um, with just finishing up his NBA career when I was graduating from college. And I just tried to pick his brain and learn. And some of the best advice he ever gave me was you need to be where there are a thousand auditions every day. Like you cannot do what you want to do here in Texas. You have to leave. And, you know, wherever you decide to go, you just again, you treat it like you did the sport, you know, basketball. You don't get in shape. You don't play basketball to get in shape. You get in shape to play basketball. Yes. So if you want to do this at the highest level, you have to know your craft. So if that means you have to start from the bottom, you start from the bottom. And that's what I did. Anything that was going on, whether it was classes, whether it was, like I said, auditions, whether it was learning how to break down scripts, whether it was learning how to write scripts, uh, you know, I, I knew what I I knew I had to do as much as possible and meet as many people because it was a numbers game, but do it in a disciplined manner. So I can't be out at the club partying because Steven Spielberg isn't looking for people no. at the club. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, it's like CNN isn't calling you if you're dancing on a table at the club. Right. You know, you, you're only going out to these places if there's business to be made. So you structure every one you meet and everything that you do has that discipline of I need this to get to that next step and that next step might open this door and walking through this next door might be behind the desk the person I need to talk to and so that's kind of how I attacked LA and as luck would have it Kenny moved to Los Angeles he had an AAU team we started he asked me to coach and we were coaching this AAU team and you know it was all of these kids from all of these different areas poor rich and our kids were really good. I mean, we've sent over 17 kids to, you know, Division One colleges. Kids mm -hmm. have gone pro uh, through our program. So that we're, we're very, very proud of that. But there was a time where a school, Montclair Prep, 
wanted our kids. Mm -hmm. And they wanted our kids because they were so good. And they asked me if I would be the JV coach. So I was like, okay, cool. We had a tournament. I tear my knee up trying to show the kids that I can still dunk. <laughs> so now I really can't audition anymore. I can still coach, but I can't audition. So our kids are getting ready to go to that school. They've offered them all scholarships. Everything is great. I'm meeting with the principal to talk about being the assistant coach. They bring in the head of the English department, and he's sitting there listening to me talk. And he says, you ever thought about teaching? I was like, no, not really. He said, well, you seem to know your stuff and command a room. And they already hired an English teacher. He was like, but I don't like her. So if you consider teaching, we'll see what we can do. What they could do was they fired the English teacher and hired me to teach eighth grade advanced English and ESL. All right. So for all of you who don't know what ESL is, teaching right. English as a second language um, and be the JV basketball coach at Montclair Prep with these kids that we had on our AAU team. They could see me every day. I was teaching and coaching JV. And as luck would have it, again, I hadn't planned on teaching, but you know what? We're going to make the most of it. I'm watching Dead Poet Society and all of the different teaching and, you know, goodwill hunting. Like, how am I going to be a teacher? I'm going to reach these kids. And my first or second day of practice, I had a kid on the team named Ryan Silverstein. You know, typical spoiled rich kid. Shout out to Ryan. <laughs> uh, typical spoiled rich kid. And I threw him out of practice. And I threw him out of practice because that's what I was used to doing. Like, I coached inner city kids and kids that really played this game. You throw them out of practice because they're at being a jerk. They go outside. At the first water break, they come back. They apologize. We, I'm like, no problem. Get back into the layup line. This kid sat out the entire practice. And I'm like, I, whatever happened to him? At the end of practice, his mom brings him in. He's teared up. He's crying. Mom makes him apologize. And he apologizes. Later that night, I get a phone call from his father. And his father is a man named Rob Silverstein. And Rob goes, I understand you threw my kid out of practice. And I said, yes, sir, I did. He was being a jerk. And he goes, well, I don't know what you said to him, but it got through to him. And now he is talking about the practices and the kids that you've worked with and how can he be a part of that. And I'd love, you know, will you take my kid under your wing? And I really didn't want to because <laughs> this kid was so, I mean, he's one of the smartest kids you'll ever meet, smartest men you'll ever meet because he's in his 20s now, smartest men you'll ever meet. I didn't want to work with this kid. And so I quoted his dad a figure thinking that I'll, I'll, I'll price him out of the game. Right. That was my first mistake because I quoted a figure. He's like, sure. I knew I should have gone higher. <laughs> I knew I should have gone higher. But so true. from then, this kid is under my wing in all spring break, every day after school. We would just practice and practice and practice. I would take him everywhere I went. So every friend that I met, he, would meet, he met Kenny. He met different people I knew in the music business. And just everything that I did, this kid became a part of that world. And I think it helped him. He was our starting point guard. Um, you know, he went on to have an incredible basketball career for an incredible high school career. He wound up playing with Aaron Holiday, who's now this, you know, point guard for the Indiana Pacers. Like this, he had a great time. But I would write these reports using my journalism degree, write these reports to his dad about what we did. I didn't know as I was writing these reports that he at the time was the executive producer of Access Hollywood. Of course he was. <laughs> and so I'm on vacation. I go on vacation with my girlfriend, my now wife, and I get a phone call. And we are, you know, international waters. And he's like, Shagoon, where are you? I said, I'm, I'm on vacation with my girlfriend. And he goes, well, I need you back here in Los Angeles. When are you coming back? I'm like, I'll be back in a week. He was like, all right, nine days. We're shooting a pilot called Plugged In, and I want you to be a part of it. I'm like, okay. 
and came in. And at the same time, I had, right before I'd left for vacation, I shot a show called The Joe Schmo Show on Spike TV. I remember. Yes, played a character named Lavernius. All of y'all look that up if you want to laugh. Uh, <laughs> so okay, true. have fun with that. I didn't even put that together. And I did, <laughs> so I, I did that. We, we shot Plugged In. It, the pilot didn't get picked up. But what Rob did in his infinite wisdom was he folded it into Access Hollywood Live and made it a, seg a weekly segment. And so I'll never forget January 1st, Monday, I think it's 2015, we do Plugged In. And I, my, I'm on there with, you know, Billy Bush, Kit Hoover, and I'm doing Plugged In with Holly Robinson Pete. And I'm looking around. I'm like, how did I get here? And it's national TV. It's out of Los Angeles, NBC, biggest market. And I remember I blacked out for a second. We were talking about uh, Lance Armstrong. I don't, it was the Lance Armstrong uh, scandal of how he had finally now admitted he was a cheat and everything. And I'm calling him a bum. Like I was, I was yelling into the TV that Lance Armstrong is a bum because he had just done his special on Oprah. And every kid that saw it, rem rem they remembered me calling them a bum. They were like, Coach, you were just being yourself on TV. And that was on Monday. Spike TV, Joe Schmo aired on Wednesday in the same week. And I got a phone call right after the show uh, from a guy who, see, who had seen Lavernia, saw the show, and was like, hey, have you ever thought of maybe commenting on television or hadn't seen the Access Hollywood stuff and made a phone call on my behalf for HLN. And I did, uh, I think it was Hollywood Tonight. That it, the show got canceled. But it was in Los Angeles, shot out of the CNN building on Sunset Boulevard. I'm shooting Hollywood tonight and commenting on different movies. And I was like, again, the discipline. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to learn as much as I can about movies. I'm going to craft a persona that I am comfortable with. So I'm going to wear a bright orange sweater with a blue shirt and a bow tie because I want to craft an image that is mine. They may not like what I say, but they can't take away the person that said it, if yeah, that makes sense. It makes complete sense. You know, so I could own it, right? I could own it down to, the, down to the earrings, down to my glasses, down to the bright colors. Well, my second, like, media, second media father after Rob Silverstein is a man named Burt Dubrow, who was the uh, executive producer of Dr. Drew, uh, Dr. Drew on Call, but he had also executive produced and created the Jerry Springer show. So Burt is, is like a legend in the game, and... Bert saw the Hollywood saw the Hollywood show and he was like, I don't even know what that guy's talking about. I just like his look. <laughs> so he was like, will you come back? So he he actually they made a phone call to me and called me and said, would you come back and do Dr. Drew show? And I was like, sure. Came back. I did Dr. Drew show. And that started a like a three year run of me being on the show three times a week. Mm. And and so, again, you're in the CNN building. You're doing you know, you're doing Dr. Drew show. I'm doing Access Hollywood on NBC and you're do, you know, the the Spike TV show had its had its run because it was just a, a series run. And you're doing, again, the discipline. I, I'm trying to make my takes on Dr. Drew as interesting as possible, because from the journalism side, it's different than a doctor side. So I have to add something that makes sense but at the same time can be digested and is not way up in the clouds by the watchers because I'm not a doctor. So I can't say anything with a medical certainty, but I can say it from a layman's term, an educated layman's term. We finished the show one night. I go, I'm on my way home and I get a phone call. 
And I guess what had happened, again, all of these magical phone calls, the Bill Cosby scandal had just broken. And CNN International wanted to interview Dr. Drew for uh, to get Dr. Drew's opinion on the Bill Cosby scandal. And to his credit, it's a man named Matt Yokes, who was the production stage manager of Dr. Drew's show and for CNN International. He said, you know what, to be honest with you, I think Shagoon would give a better take than Dr. Drew. Sorry, Dr. Drew. You're my boy. I love Dr. Drew. If you look through all my social media, you see pictures of me and Dr. Drew. That's another mentor and friend that's helped me a lot in this business. And Matt Yokes, I, I went there. I went to CNN International. I said, sure, I'll do it. I sat opposite John Voss from CNN International. We're sitting down. We're talking. And it's about the Bill Cosby scandal. And at the time, my take was and still is, I think he did it. I think he did it. And I didn't come at it as... You know, let's let's you know, let's railroad this man or let's you know, let's be disappointed. It was more from the side of the black community where this man was who we aspired to be. When if you watched the Cosby show, like my immigrant parents were saying this, the Cosby's, the Huxtables, this is what you're supposed to be. So this betrayal of what he really was. And I'll, I had this line and it's a line that I've used before, but I used it on CNN at the time. And I remember that John kind of paused. And I think in that pause, I was like, okay, they're going to call me back. And what I said was, you know, we used to think that Bill Cosby walked on water. Little did we know he was standing on the shoulders of the drowning. Mm. And when I said that line and he paused, CNN, CNN and CNN International were hooked. I kept coming back and doing stuff for, for CNN, CNN International, which led to, you know, Deutsche Welle out of Europe seeing me, the BBC and just dropping in and doing all of these takes, sometimes by Skype, sometimes in person. And then I, you know, you, you get an agent like everybody else, and that agent gets you gigs like they're supposed to in the business. And my agent um, out of New York, an Abrams artist, shout out to Mark Turner, um, my guy was like, hey, there's a TV show called The List, and they're really interested. Um, would you consider, you know, auditioning? And I did. And at the time, the executive producer, uh, I don't know if she was really into me, like, I'm not sure, but it was, I got, I guess I said the right thing. And, you know, Tracy, uh, Tracy Mazier, who has since left the list, but I, again, I will forever be in her debt because she took a chance by, because everyone had seen me drop in and give takes. Everyone had seen me, you know, I'd hosted Access, you know, when Billy wasn't there or, you know, or whatever. I'd hosted, you know, episodes of Access Hollywood or Access Hollywood Live. And I had commented on all these big things, but no one had actually ever seen me really like host day in and day out my right. own show. And she gave me that chance. And I will forever be in Tracy's debt for that. Uh, she took a chance on a guy with a funny name. Um that for whatever reason, it seemed to work. And yeah, we're going into year two of hosting that. And here I sit talking to you in your, <laughs> in your palatial studio about, about making it work. But that discipline of not of believing in yourself, of yeah. never, you know, of not being afraid and knowing that uh, it's not so much that you have a soft landing, but, you know, because you graduate from college. So at worst comes the worst. I could go write for a newspaper. Well, they're now defunct. I could become right. a blogger. I <laughs> right. could write online. I could have a blog because that's what people do now. But the discipline of if you try, if you get mixed up in something, be mixed in all the way to the top. Yes. Or don't do it at all. 
Like I won't waste, I, I wouldn't waste my time or anybody's time. If you are not going to be mixed in all the way to the top, then it's not worth the effort. And so that comes from my parents. It's like, if you try, if you try, really try, no, no half steps, no what ifs, no maybes, you really try. And I've applied that type of discipline and that type of thought to everything, to my marriage, to my friends, to, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing. Like, if I'm going to be your friend, I'm going to be your friend all the way. So if you're having hard times, we'll talk about it. I have, I'll have an ear to listen. If you are my, you know, coworker or colleague, I remember, you know, Christmas presents for your kids because we're mixed in all the way to the top. And if not, then, you know, let's not pretend that we're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Right. I would, yeah, I would rather not do that. Oh, man, there's so much good in everything you just said on that run. I, I, I took some notes. <laughs> because <it> was, <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I, I just I really appreciated. Um, first of all, you know, shout out to your parents. Yeah. Um, I came uh, from a similar dynamic of parents where um, that I love it. It was like, well, don't complain if you choose to undertake it. Uh, mentality, you know, uh, you know, my father, same way, like very self-made and had mm -hmm. to build things from scratch and do the education from scratch when education wasn't stressed in the family and all these things. And, um, and I think that that is what leads into discipline, which is like, no one's coming to do it for you, son. You know, that kind of mentality in a <laughs> yeah. way of like, you know, the only real way that that's ever going to get done is if you apply yourself into it. And it's funny because you get a lot of people who aren't in the same circumstances with the same type of parents who say, oh, well, you guys just have it easy from this. And I'm like, let me tell you something. My parents were the first to be like, no, nah, go figure it out, son. You yeah. know, like it doesn't matter the dynamic of where you, you know, come from, et cetera, you know. And, and I see my parents with nothing but like $6. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, do something and lose it and do something. But, um, but I think it was very cool that you talked about that um, from very early on because that's like – what led into every other decision you made. Now, the other part that I thought was really interesting is that, yeah, as luck would have it, definitely was there often, mm -hmm. but you were prepared. So when preparation meets opportunity, of course you were like ready for it in one way or another, maybe not like for what exactly was going to come of it, because how could you know? But like you were always um, doing the work that would lead up to the opportunity that when it came, you were, it was easy for you to be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll show up. Yeah. And, and again, going back then, connecting the dots where you said that put me in a room at any time with any person, anywhere, anytime, period. <laughs> I, I've, I was raised with the same mentality. And I'm like, do I think I'm the best? No. Um, but yes. And if, I, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm willing to get in the ring with you and take the hits. But I know two people are leaving, and it ain't me. Yeah, it's yeah, the, it gets very much yeah, the same. But I'm sure. gonna, but I'm gonna learn whatever I have to to keep getting better and better and better because I, I need to stay grounded in that, so I always stay hungry and prepared. That's why, like, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, you think you're the best, but no, you don't because you want to stay humble and grounded in that humility of, of of growing and building. But that's how, of course, of course, when these opportunities came, you're like, yeah, let's go, let's do this. Well, you know, I, I, words are my stock in trade. So yeah. I, I, I get paid to talk and I get paid to present. You know, that's my job. Yes. My job is words. And so I consume words. I'm a word junkie from quotes to literature to poetry to, you know, sayings and different stuff. And, you know, I will never pretend to tell anyone that, like, we didn't have two you know, shekels to rub together. Right. Like that's not my, 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 again, my dad was a geophysicist, mineral economist for the world bank, right? My mom was an <laughs> occupational cute. therapist. Like right. we were not, I'm not going to, this is not the rose that grew from concrete right. where I, I right. you know, pledge and plead poverty. What we were though, to quote this poet that I really like, named Lemon, 
we were the rust. We, the success is the rusty fork trying to eat like the silver spoon. Mm. And all I did was flip it. You know, if we're silver spoon kids, that's not what I'm going to appear as. I'm right. going to I'm going to work like we we don't have two shekels to rub yeah. together. Like we are that rusty fork because I already know to a certain degree growing up. And this is where I this is where I jump on my soapbox. But look, I'm a I'm a six foot three black guy with a funny name. So, or an unusual name or a culture that people may or may not understand or may think Nigerians, oh no, that's the Prince people that are trying to scam me on the internet. They're thinking all of these different things. I cannot control that, but I cannot work you. Yeah. You know, I yes. can take it from the African-American experience or the minority experience where it says, you know, for me to get ahead, I got to work three times harder than that person in front of me. I could take it from that. I could take it from the immigrant aspect of to get ahead. I got to work five times harder. OK, I could take it from if we're only if people are only seeing color, then I have to be better than what they imagine. But the, at the end of the day, I have to be better. Yeah, that's that's all that matters. However you want to slice it, if it's because of my color, if it's because of my ethnicity, if it's because of my social economic background, it doesn't matter. However you want to slice it, I have to be better because I will not blame you for my upcoming or my downfall. I can learn from it, but I won't blame you at the end of the day. It's still on me. Right. Right. And so in, in, in television, it's like people say, oh, you know, you're working with this producer. Do you like them or do you? It doesn't matter if I don't like them. (laughs) When the lights come on, all the public sees, all the audience sees is me. So if I'm beefing with my director, if I'm beefing with my my co-host or a producer or a writer, people don't see that. They would only see my unprofessional manner. And so that's a big deal of it. The discipline to show up, be the best, do your job, and rinse, wash, repeat, and do it again. But you have to be the best. That was drilled into me. Be the best. Be the best. Yeah. Be the best at all times. And if you think you reached the best, be better. Yeah. <laughs> no, all day long. Uh, you know, my father used to always tell me never do anything uh, one foot in, one foot out. Never do anything half-assed. Like, nope. you go in, you go all the way in, you do it. And, you know, and I think that being raised around hardworking uh, individuals showed you, okay, I'm going to carve my own path, and it's going to be work. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show everybody that – this is the work that goes into it, and I'm going to own those choices. I do also like that you're 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 showing accountability, because it doesn't matter what the external world does or doesn't do, points at you, says to you, compliments you, or berates you. It will never matter because at the end of the day, it's our choices and how we show up into the very thing that we believe in, mm-hmm. and we're moving past all of that to be better and better and better each day. Right, because you have no, again, you have no choice. If my wife and I, we always have this conversation and people always are like, you know, how did you, you know, how do you all make this work? And how, you know, you guys love each other and you have a daughter and you you make it all work. And what I always tell them is if at any time she makes me so angry that I was to go outside and do something stupid, something stupid and ruin the marriage, I did that. She didn't make me. Right. That's me. Yes. So I would have to own that. I'm the per- then I would be less than the person I say I am. That yes. has nothing to do with her. That type of discipline and that type of understanding. Nobody makes you at this yes. age that we are. This ain't high school. This isn't right. you know, this isn't even college. Like we are full we are fully formed adults with responsibility. There's nobody that is making me do anything. So if I go out and I am stupid, Right. That's on me. That wasn't her. If I go out and I have too many drinks and I'm like, oh, honey, it wasn't my fault. You know, that Andy Grammer song, you know, honey, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't have another. But, you know, I, if I'm that person, 
that's on me. You yeah. know, it's my job to put the drink down and walk away and go home to my wife and my child. It's my job to not get behind the wheel if I've had that too much to drink. That discipline comes into everything. My father always used to say, even fun, fun without discipline is chaos. Yeah. And I cannot, and Amen. I cannot be that. You know, you cannot, you cannot, you know, unless you're the Joker and you want to, you know, be an agent of chaos. I quote movies and stuff because I'm Uh, nuts. It's all good. But it's like you cannot function that way. And if you try to, you will fail. So for me, that discipline comes again. I yes, there might be an exception to the rule that that one person out of a million that can be chaotic and succeed. But I they're called rock stars. Right. (laughs) But I don't want to experiment with that. Why not? Why not work in a way that not only I know works, but keeps me on a path for stardom as opposed to trying to branch out and justify bad behavior that I won't do. You know, and not even just stardom, but uh, a life, a Mm -hmm. full life like with with, you know, some people might counter attack me on that one and say, well, you know, you didn't experience it. Like, no, I experienced a lot of things. You, you, you see from wrong decisions, what, how do you tweak to make better decisions over time? But at the same time, I, I think that our choices truly define um, our path. We can make any choice at any time. That's our, our doing. And, and, you know, again, shout out to your, your father. You mm-hmm. know, I, uh, I think that that was probably pivotal and I remember being told very similar things and that like, I remember the, the best way was, son, we're not going to tell you what to do. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, see, and this is when I'm in the teen years. And he goes, if we tell you what to do, clearly you'll do the opposite. <laughs> and I said, you're probably right. And he goes, so I'm going to tell you something very, very pivotal for you. And I said, okay. And he goes, everything in life is about the choices and decisions you make. Some will have good consequences. Some will have bad consequences. And you won't know depending until you make them, but your integrity, your intuition knows mm-hmm. that's going to be on you. So you want to go out to a party? You want to do this? You want to go here? You want to go there? He's like, that's on you. You pass curfew. That's on you. Everything that you decide to do is all on you. I want you to make your own decisions to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And you be responsible for the consequences that come with it. Now, what he didn't know is he scared the utter living <laughs> shit out of me because I like, because what it did, what it made me do was fo- like, so I'd be at a party and be like, hmm, guys, you know what? Uh, okay, I'm going to be the designated driver. I think we should probably leave it about, mm, we got about maybe 35 minutes before things get a little chaotic. Okay, I know the surrounding environment. Like I, so I knew how to have fun, right. but without the chaos. Absolutely. That's what, so that's what you triggered in me when I, when I thought about it. I was like, oh, wow. And so I was always able to kind of like maneuver, always have the car, always make sure I was responsible, always did just certain things. So that way, like I could have a life but make good choices so I wasn't finding myself in very difficult situations. It's not to say that I always made the right choice. It's just to say that I was always thinking about what type of choice am I making. Yeah, for sure. You know, my my parents, my dad distilled that same sentiment a little bit, you know, a little bit smaller or shorter into Shagun, if if your parents saw you doing whatever it is you're doing, would <laughs> yeah. they be proud? No. So if you want us to not be proud of you, to be ashamed of your behavior, go out there and do those things that you are doing or that you think you should be doing. So good. And and that's just simply like, yeah, it stays with you. Do you always get it right? No, no. You're, nobody's perfect. Right. But that always would play in the back of my mind. But it would play into how yeah. I met my wife. Whom, you know, women that I used to date, the way I would conduct myself, like if I say I'm this person or if I say this is the person I want to be, is it unassailable? 
can somebody come from the woodwork that knows me and say, that's not him. That's not who that dude is. Right. That guy, nah, he shouldn't be here. Like, he's, he's not that person. If, if I can make sure that whomever I have met in my goings, you know, and my life will never have that to say, then I know I'm honoring what my father taught me. I know I'm honoring what my mother taught me in that they would be proud of the person that I have become or the places that I have gotten to in my life. And without that, like I said, without that replaying in my mind, you may not always get it right, but I would, I would, again, maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that because maybe that one person that I, that I did dirty like 10 years ago that <laughs> right, I can't remember course. comes out of, of the woodwork, but I would challenge anybody that really knows me to say that's a bad guy. And I right. don't think, I don't think they would. And to me, that's, that would be my greatest achievement next to my daughter and my marriage that I think that there are people that there's nobody that has come into contact with me for a long period of time and says, you know what, that dude, nah, I don't like, I don't like what he's about. Right. And I'm and and I and I hold that and I hold that dear. And that's very much that again that long game mentality that discipline and you know plays into and integrity plays into. So that way you can go back for quite a ways. People are like, no, he always meant meant this or he was his word. He followed through. This is his reputation. He was his actions. His actions showed everything. And and I think that that's important because it's so in a world where and. and and you make a living from your words, mm -hmm. but your actions are showing everything. And I think that, mm -hmm. that that's what that's what often people miss. And I'm like, I pay attention to people's actions because I learned that my actions should show you everything you need to know. And if I am not being that thing, then I also expect the accountability. It's my accountability, like you said, but even in a partnership or in friendship or in anything else, if you are frustrated, I also expect the accountability on your side to tell me. Absolutely. To communicate to me and say, you know what? I, 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 like, you're not your word there, and I'm surprised. Like, you know what? Thank you for sharing. Thank you for opening that truth. If, if in, in some way, in something that I was not being in my, my, my character was not being exhibited through my actions. Yeah, those are the best types of friends. Those the are the only friends you want. <laughs> the, those, are the, those are the people that you want around yes. you. You know, Kenny once told me this line from MC Hammer. So, you know, put your hats on. Where he was like, if you're in a situation where it's crazy and it's chaotic or it's hectic and maybe you feel like you're going to be you can be amongst those things, yes. but you don't have to be of them. No, you know, and, and it, it goes back to like one of the greatest that, that 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 sticks with me amongst them, but not of them. So I can be in a crowd, but I'm not part yes. of the mob. No. If I'm standing, it doesn't mean I have to be. I don't have to take part in what's going on at the party. And if it, and then when the time comes and I'm able to leave, I'll leave. But you don't have to go in with whatever the crowd is doing. And I remember Kenny telling me that when I was early in my 20s. And it always stuck with me because, like, that when you when you – get some type of success, you might try to do things a little different and be like, oh, I should be here. I should right. be doing this thing. I should be driving this car or I should be around keeping up with the Joneses. And if that's not who you are, right. if that's not even what, you know, makes you feel good, then why do it? And check yourself. Why do those things even make you, you know, make you good? One of my, one of, one of the lines that, that I always put on replay and that I, I've tried to kind of work into a lot of what I do is motives and thoughts. What are your motives to why you're thinking this way? And then yes. those thoughts that lead to action. Absolutely. So if your motivation is already screwed up, if you're already thinking that this is what success is or this is what being a man is, a man is that dude from like hip hop videos and rock and roll who's got, a, you know, all of these groupies around him. That's not what being a man is no. like. That's not that's not cool. What being a man 
you know, in a marriage or in a relationship or as a friend, what that takes is to be not only an unassailable character, but a stand-up person and a person of their word. So if you've got five different people on your arm, you're lying to four of them. Right. (laughs) And, and, you know, and it's being able to make that sometimes unpopular, integrity-driven decision, um, you know, that you're not easily swayed. I think that sometimes people don't understand is that you can say, like, oh, but you do understand Okay, like let, let's let's analyze that from a man's perspective, okay. just because we're speaking from men here, you know, as two men here. But like, I say that okay, like, look, as a friend, as a partner, as you know, uh, a colleague, as a you know, whatever it might be, you you want to be able to trust in me to make good choices because they can affect you. You want to have trust in me. If you see me easily swayed, or I bend on my integrity, or my morals. You cannot fully trust that I'm going to deliver, period, end of story. But sometimes people miss that part because I'm, I'm not bashing. Um, anybody can live any lifestyle that they want. But just keep in mind that can, are, can you as a person be trusted for the big game, for playing for game seven championship ring? I don't know. Even if you are the wealthiest rock star dude with 10 women on your arms, I don't know. I don't know. Can you show up? Because I can I trust you that you're playing at a level that is not bending on the integrity and the values and all that other thing. And the other thing that I like that you were bringing up about, um, you know, you can be in environments of chaos and be of them, but not in them. Was that, right. Be that, amongst be them, amongst them, them, but not, not of them. them. What I really liked about that, too, is and a lot of people don't even realize this, that being yourself in those environments, because I've been around some chaotic environments, but just being myself and, and actually being my own vibe. A lot of times, those people actually really, really respect it, like because you you know your identity, you know yourself, right. and and holding that space to I won't ever judge those other people anyways either because I'm like listen I want everybody to do whatever you think makes sense to you, and just because it doesn't maybe make sense to me to to be in that 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 type of vibe or that kind of chaos, who am I to judge you if you if this just makes up your world in a very clear way for you like so holding that space equally. For that, I also think it's part of being, you know, a man or being a human being. But like, I will not. I I do everything in my power to not judge because who am I to judge? I'm I'm not God. I'm not source. I'm not universe. You know, who well, am I to well, judge? You're, you're better than me because I judge. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank I you judge. for owning that. Thank right. you for that. No, oh, I've I been judge. working on it for, for oh. quite some time. No, I've been working on it for quite some time. Um, because it's hard not to. Um, because it's but I I slowly started to learn because of the if I judge. Then, like, I'm taking in, one, I'm taking in energy, and two, like, um, the goal is to, like, understand and balance my own emotions. Like, okay, the only reason why I'm probably judging is either out of a fear or an anxiety that's now bringing up something inside of me. One, why? Why do that? Or two, understand the emotion. Or three, stop the judging and, like, understand that those people are all on a journey of sorts that they're just maybe, that's where they're at in their journey, and so as long as I can, I'll coexist in that, in that experience or at that party and just be my vibe, be my thing and be like, oh, you know, you guys finish up, go to 3 a.m. if you want. I'm, I'm going to head out. But, right. you know, look, I hope you guys all have a really good night. You know, and it's like and, you know, sometimes people try to push the boundaries of like, oh, you're going home. You're, this. you're like, yeah, I am. But you know what? Like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to have a great night's sleep. You know, I'm going to good day. I appreciate all of you. And and trying to balance that energy between who I am in this world and not not judging others in that same world 
you know, because because it's easy to have our kind of circles that we have of people, right? right? Like I purposely. Well, see, but I, see, I, this is where I disagree. I don't think it's easy. Oh like, no, no, it's taking some time to right, have that. So, so my, oh, and so, they'll challenge the hell out of you, right? And so, so my, I don't, I, I don't think it's easy. I don't think that it's easy to get to some of the levels that we have we have reached, or uh, our amen. friends, or our right. friends that have reached. So right. the the only thing when I say that I judge, and I think when people say, "Oh, I don't judge," I cry shenanigans. On that, when you the judgment is when I choose to go home, I've judged that what y'all are doing, I'm not about anymore. Fair. So, so I don't Very judge. Fair. What I won't do is I won't stand there and lecture the crowd on everything that they're doing as as wrong based off my own sensibilities. I just won't be there anymore. That's, you won't be my friend. Point. You won't be my friend anymore. So I will never blow out your candle to shine brighter. All I will is just not attend your party. That's, actually, you know what? That's, that's very so that's my way I mean by judge. No, not only is that very well put, I like that 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 challenged me to think that you're absolutely I get it. You're absolutely right. And yeah. that's that's a very well put place Thank of you. putting it because it's like, hey, you know what? Um, the party isn't exactly the type of party I'm trying to have. That is actually a judgment. That right. is, in fact, actually a judgment. So right. it's like, but. Who am I to be the party pooper? So yeah, like, I don't need I to got, make you I feel bad. Right, yeah, right. I don't need to tell you you guys need to play yeah. this music or you should be drinking this or you should be drinking that or you shouldn't be doing this. That that is not. I have bigger fish to fry, as and you said, people that depend on me. Right. So I don't have the energy to lecture to these people that are doing things now at an age. Again, if if it's kids and I'm and I'm talking to young people or I'm talking to people who don't know any better, there's a difference. I can give you advice, but I'm not going to hammer it on you if you choose not right. to accept it. But if it's peers and peers are doing things that are just not what I'm about, my judgment call is this is not where I need to be. Yeah. I will not make you feel bad, but also the judgment will also be you might not come into my home. Like, and we have, that might just be what it has to be. Like, yeah. if we're going to hang out, it'll be at the restaurant. Socially. Yeah. You, again, I, you know, a, a friend of mine broke this down where a, a friend of his called him up and said, yo, if my wife calls, tell her I'm with you. And he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. He was like, first of all, I'm not about to lie to someone right. I know on your behalf. And number right. two, I'm upset that you think that's my character. Yes. That I would lie so you can come do some adulterous thing that goes against what I stand for. The fact that you think that I'm in the same boat, like I'm of that type of behavior that you're about to display. Nah, player, we can't have right. that. And okay. so that, you know, so, so that's, so that's the way I look at it. It's like, if you ask me to do something that, you know, that I've never displayed, you ask me like, yo, Shagoon, man, let's, let's go do this line of drug or let's go, let's go do this. Let's go chase these women. That's not my character. And I've never displayed that. So if you think that that's what I'm capable of doing, then you don't really know me. We're not really even friends anymore because what you've asked me has now destroyed our friendship. You should know better. That's my judgment. I'm going to go mess around and do these things with real people that are making real life decisions that are really good to get better than sit in this muck and mire with somebody who actually doesn't know me at all because what they're doing, they're asking me to co-sign on bad behavior. Right. That actually would make me worse because I know it's bad behavior. Right. They, they're just doing what they do. If I do it, I know I'm doing it just because, and I don't ever do anything just because. But now, now, And now you're talking about good judgment based on your integrity and values. Yes, your discipline. Your discipline, right. It all leads back to discipline. Always. And what I also think is interesting is, is you're right, it's where real quickly a person can go from a friend to an acquaintance to uh, <laughs> like 
nothing at all. Right. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not going to be your accomplice for number exactly. one. Exactly. But but what I but what, interestingly enough, it's actually also what makes you in that very moment a very good person to that person. And you're right about what you said, like how long it took me to get to the kind of circle that I have, which is you know fairly small as, as well. Which is what happens for is because sure. because of that level of integrity is that surrounding yourself with people who I want them to always challenge me to be like, even if like something good is happening, but it, you know, there's a, a quirkiness that happened of, a, of an event or an experience. They go, how did you show up in that event? What, like, how did you play some role that got to a series of events that got to, you know, that business deal or that, uh, you know, that particular outcome or, you know, misunderstanding, how did you, what, what role did you play in that? And I, I love having people in my circle that do that, having that kind of level of honesty because, that's what what shows you perspective versus you know it's not just as somebody would try to say what makes you think that i'm that kind of person that would do some of these things is also the people who automatically side with somebody who's complaining that also right. i i don't dig when somebody is complaining and then they automatically their friends all side and now basically you have now made up your mind about a third party or third situation unrelated to you based off of this only person being your source you are not there and if you are not there being a good friend to that individual would be like listen i understand you're upset what role did you play in all of that happening just out of curiosity how did a series of things happen that you were there when that happened even if that other person did something wrong i need you to understand how did you end up allowing that boundary to be broken or or that situation to happen or that business deal to go down whatever it might be yeah it's like it's like having those friends that complain about a relationship and man yo man they no good women out there man cuz all the girls that i be dating man they be cheating on me or they be only after money the only common denominator in all of that is you. you. It's yeah. you. So yeah. how come it's always you that all of the gold diggers seem to find? Right. How come it's always what you? What patterns are you constantly exactly. exhibiting here? And the, there's a flip side to that. You know, the, I'm not going to just bash men. Like women, they're like, oh, man, there are no good dudes around. All these dudes are dogs. Geez. There's one common denominator. Is it possible that you're attracted to bad dudes? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so, but that type of self-introspection self, um, is I don't know if it's difficult because it's something that I guess I was always taught to do and always felt like Likewise. I had to do. Right. Um, but I, you can notice it when people don't. And yeah. it, like you said, it's Very. easier to you know it's easier to blame someone else or to throw it on somebody else's shoulder and say, well, it's their fault that I'm doing this. Like my wife made me cheat because she didn't have dinner ready. Let alone the fact that I could have gone and bought dinner. Let alone that I could have called her and said, hey, honey, have you had a hard day? Would you like me to pick up something to eat? The fact that I walked through the door, there's no dinner. I got mad, left, and all of a sudden fell into someone else's arms. That's on me. There were a million and one things that I could have done not to get to where I wound up. And I think a lot of people only deal with where they wound up. And it goes both positive and negative. And from the outside, what I will always challenge myself to do is the measure of a person. How do I take into account what a person is and how I should view them? And for me, it's always the distance traveled. The distance traveled to me is the most important. If you were bo born on third base and you act like you hit a home run, I don't have that much time for you, all right? The people that have come from, you know, maybe next to nothing and have built themselves or the people that are still on that journey trying to build stuff, those are the types of people that I want to be around that are intellectually curious, that have integrity, because that's how you measure someone, the distance that they've traveled. So, yeah, you may not be all the way to the end of the race, but look at where you started. Like, look at where you started. That person that's a trust fund kid who's driving around in a Mercedes, that's not that impressive. That kid that's driving around in a Hyundai, 
that started with a bus pass, that dude's impressive. Very. You know what I mean? The, that, the, the young lady who is, you know, going to school to be a lawyer is the and is the first person in her family to graduate is more impressive to me than the partner in the law firm whose dad's name is on the business. Like, that's not impressive to me. The, the distance that you've traveled tells so much about a person because Amen. the discipline to walk that the walk those steps to travel that journey that's how people really should be looked at and that's what I try more and more to do to to look at people and to judge people it's why I love it's why I I'm so fortunate to have the wife that I have because I know in my heart of hearts she's come a lot further than me and she's way better she's way better I have no problem admitting that Asia Odulowu, yeah, made her change her name. That's what we're doing. Asia Odulowu is way better than me. She's actually, she has a master's degree in radio television. She's actually more qualified to do what I do than I am. And she does something completely different because she does what she loves to do. Yeah. And I love her for it. But being able to appreciate the distance that she's traveled is much, it's a different road than mine. And in a lot of ways, it was harder than mine. But to me, that's success. That's the rusty fork trying to eat like the silver spoon. And now that we're married, we eat really well yeah. <laughs> because, because she's, she's so, she's so great. And that's what I look for in friends, people that have yes. stories, you know, people look, for example, you might look at a LeBron James and be like, Oh my God, LeBron's got everything. I mean, look at this dude. He's six, nine, he's this. And then you look into his story and where he started from, from yes. Akron and how many people don't make it from where he's, he's right. come from. I take Kenny Smith. Kenny's from left rack projects in Queens, New York. There're not a lot of people that make it out of the projects to be like the number on the number one sports show in television inside the NBA. You look at I mean, I could go with my co-hosts, with people that I've worked with, you know, from all the people that I consider mentors, the distance that they've traveled says so much about who they are. Don't focus on where they're at. If you can see where they came from, where they're at shines even brighter. And where they're going to go because oh, of that yeah. worth work ethic is is the kind of people that I want to run with. Welcome to the show. That's it. <laughs> everybody, well, everybody on the show, it's, that's what we're talking about, the distance traveled. That's because the most important it, thing. Because it's not, it's not what you see. It's, it's who you are and how you behave and how you show up in this world. Right. It's all these things that, that you know, that, that dedication to the journey. And, and I, I agree with you. It's interesting to, to watch, to me, the success of, like, you went from – Walking to a bus to having, you know, paying for your car to like you're you're embracing each step of the process and building brick by brick. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing to see something that you're building brick by brick, no matter what background you come from or no matter what you do, like having ownership over your process of who you are becoming. Absolutely. Is everything and you'll you'll enjoy it so much more. And, and I and I appreciate you, by the way, sharing, you know, what you're saying about you know, men and their choices as well. And, and, and also, by the way, um, women, in my opinion, are so unbelievably powerful. For sure. Like, they are the quintessential, like, just essence and bring life and our life. And they're, um, you know, they, like, they, they always say, you know, behind every good man is a good woman right. leading him. Right. You Should know, be, beside, be exactly, beside every good man I, like, is a good woman and I really believe leading that, him. And I really believe, like, when, when you have this, like, they're um, more powerful in their presence and the responsibility of being that true divine feminine and being in their, their love of who they are and, and, and making that space men thrive even more or, or mates, I should say right. really mates or partners, right. no matter what partner are you are, you have, 
um, just having a partner that, you know, is embracing that, that journey and watching how far that they're coming and, and embracing being that. Let's get a little controversial for a second. And let's, let's, let me lecture to dudes on how to be better dudes. Okay. I, and, and, and people, and, and if you feel, if you get mad, you can come see me at, at Shagoon, the program. I'm fine. Like I, I'll I, go in with right, you. Exactly. I'll, I'll go in with you. I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to leave you uh, yeah. alone here. Go for you it. You a bone crusher. I ain't never scared. So let's, 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 let's look at it this way. Every man always says, or lots of men should say, I shouldn't say every man because I, I don't say and I don't think you do, but lots of men always say, I want to ride a die chick. I want to ride a die, riding shotgun that's going to go with me off the cliff, Thumb and Louise style. If I'm dropped, they're right there with me. You're an idiot if you think that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want a ride or die. I don't want Not you at all. shotgun when I'm going off the cliff. I want you the one grabbing my arm and saying, baby, baby, press the brake. Baby, baby, you at the right. you at think the edge. Think this through a little bit. Right. I the the way I would the way I would challenge any man that is in a relationship, and I don't care what your sexuality is, I don't care who your partner is, whomever you are with, if you want to be for that person, find someone or something that you are willing to die for and then live for them that is the essence of being a man where you will wake up and you will break yourself every single day to make sure that that person's well-being is taken care of and you do it because you know that by making sure their well-being is taken care of you are an exceptional person because you can see that exceptional quality in them that that person is worth fighting for and if you do not have a person like that in your life then go and find one and I don't care whatever it takes if you've got to crawl over broken glass to go and find that person find someone that is worth that's worth dying for and then live for them wake up every day put on whatever it is that you have to put on whatever armor it is steal your mind to it and go out there to make that person's life that much better because to me that is what love is that is what dedication is that is what discipline is and what comes from it is so tremendous you will you will be given so many blessings you won't even think that they're coming because when you're walking that path where you're actually working for someone else's benefit you don't do that dumb stuff that gets yes. you that crosses you up you're not out there drinking and coming home drunk and messing things up you're not out there doing drugs and messing around because you don't have the time because you know what you're working for is this person and this person requires this and this life that you're trying to build brick by brick requires this so if you call yourself a man out there and you're not doing this for someone you're not you're fooling yourself right and if you want to keep fooling yourself keep fooling yourself but i challenge you go find someone that is worth dying for and live for them lauren hill said it best in her song you know live for me live for me you said you you know you said you give i can't even do it now I'm, I'm so i'm so i'm so confused right now but she said try for me try for me you said you died for me live for me live for me why won't you give for me and that's what i'm saying give to them because that's the true essence be a servant to that other person, because it shows that not only can you humble yourself, but in that humbling of yourself, in your stepping off of your own high horse to be a better person, that not only will the world see it, but I promise you the world will join in with you and what will come back to you, as my friend likes to say, with harvest season, what will come back to you will be 10 times over. Amen. And I'll actually we preach I'll, and testify. I, 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 Church. I, I testify. I, well, you know, I and I will I'll expand on that uh, on, in a different uh, capacity. I agree with that 100 percent. I also find it interesting since we're talking about getting people off of their high horse. Um, look, you look I'm saying my partner must be. Mm hmm. This, 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 this. I'm like, stop <laughs> right there. That's a lot of things you're looking for somebody to fulfill something you should already be behaving as. Absolutely. 
You cannot expect from others what you do not understand, know, or behave like yourself, period, end of story. You hear the bass in Matt's voice? Matt, got, <laughs> Matt caught the Holy Ghost all of a sudden. <laughs> because it's, I'm, very, I'm very passionate about it because you hear it all the time. Like, yeah, you this do. is what I want in a partner. Or this is what I, you know, you hear people say this all the time. They, they ask me for advice and they, and they talk about like, well, this is what I'm looking for. And, and this is what, you know, and, and there's no good men out there. There's no good women out there. There's no good partners out there. And I'm like, okay, stop. There's actually, there are. Right. And you know why you can't see them? Because the way they're behaving and the way you're behaving they are don't. not in alignment. Right. The you good can't people, see. you're not there. The good people are not going to look at you and be like, uh, uh, nah, 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 no, no. I work too hard on who I am. I need someone playing probably even harder than me to help me elevate even faster than the way you're behaving. And if you want a partner, whatever it is you're looking for in a partner, and I always bring up Game 7 championship mentality. Mm-hmm. You're Kobe or you're, you're Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You want a Shaquille O'Neal or a Scottie Pippen? Well, are you playing like a Michael Jordan <laughs> or, a, yeah, or, or a Kobe? Kobe. Bryant, yes. If you're, God rest his soul. If yeah. you're not, then don't be demanding a Scottie Pippen or Shaquille O'Neal to be your partner if you're not playing like a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason you can pick a Scottie Pippen or a Shaquille O'Neal is because you know that they're not perfect. I said this, I think, on last week's podcast. They're not perfect. They're going to miss shots, of course. Game seven, Mm -hmm. you guys have already lost half the games to get there. Right. They're going to miss shots, but you trust them to show up every single day, and you don't have to do work on them. They're practicing their free throws before the game just like you are because you're showing up every single day. The things that you want in others, are you behaving like that? And if you are not, if you're not shooting your free throws, if you're not at 4 a.m. practicing in the morning Mm -hmm. for the big game, if you're not doing all these things, but you're wanting it from somebody else – I mean, come on, now you're just being selfish. Right, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> to, to use your basketball analogy or follow on with basketball because Kenny, Kenny used to tell me or still tells me this. He was like, I got drafted by the Sacramento Kings in the first round. And I played there, and I was averaging like 17 points a game. And it was the hardest 17 points I ever had to get. <laughs> I got traded to the Rockets with Olajuwon and, you know, Otis Thorpe. And then they got Robert Ori and Sam Cassell. Right. And he goes, and I averaged like 12 or 15. And it was the easiest 12 or 15 I ever averaged. And I won two championships because I had people that were like-minded, yes. that worked like I wanted to work, and were going that, and that's wanted right to be there. great. And that's you you hit that's on a, right you there. hit on a great point where if it's when people say oh I want this type of partner they have to have this 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 and this do you have that yeah number one but number two and my friend George and me uh, Tamika Harper the Tony Award winning poet I love her if you've never seen her poetry go to YouTube Tamika Harper she's incredible one of the original f- members of uh, Deaf Poetry Jam on HBO she would always used to tell me in her Georgia act she'd be like Shay Goon you know some like most of you dudes most of you most of these guys man you you soft like that's not the word she used but I don't really want to curse right, right. but she's like most of you soft and she's like why are you why are we I'm like why am I soft Tamika and she's like because you won't date a woman. Because you make her better, she makes you better. You want somebody that when you walk out onto the street, people say, yo, that's your girl? You with her? Nice. And they pat you on the back. And if you're with someone for other people's uh, validation, you're wrong. You lost. You, you, you're lost. You're dead wrong and you're you lost. And she said, and that's what most people do. Most people buy these cars to keep up appearances that they don't really even want to keep up. Or they buy these houses or they date these people or they feel like they should be doing this to keep up appearances that really wasn't even instilled in them or really isn't what they should be about. And then they complain when it either doesn't go their way or they 
unfortunately get that and then realize they right. can't keep it up. Just because you can buy something doesn't mean you can afford it. It comes to cars, comes to houses. It definitely comes to people. Amen. I mean, it's, you know, and I think that a lot of people, they, they miss that. And it's like you want some of these things from other people. But those people that did get it, that did all these things, do you have an understanding of the frequency and energy to even get those things, to respect it the same way that they have it? Absolutely. So you want something from somebody else, but you may not even respect how they got there, but you just want that. And there's a, there's a misalignment in that frequency just the same when you do something like that. Yeah. And, and, and that's where it's like, and then you, that's what causes miscommunication and tension and like, oh, well, you know, are you stable? Are you this? Are you that? Like, first of all, you will never have to, if you're paying attention to my character and how I'm showing up every day, you will never have to ask that question, period, end of story. Right. All your job is to do your job. Yeah. My wife, my wife never worries about me when I go out because she's never going to get a call where I'm like, baby, baby, you know, I had too much to drink and like I didn't mean to do it. She's been around me when I've gone out. She knows how I, how, what I think about drinking. I like what I like. I do the research on it. Like I like scotch. I like reposados and añejo tequilas. <laughs> I, that's what I like. I like right. bourbon. Likewise. But I learn about it like don't right. drink that drink this don't mix it with soda so you yeah. can't remember how many you've had don't dilute it when you dilute it it gets softer easier to drink i'm not about being soft or being easy that's not what i'm about i'm not drinking it because i need to lose control what are my motives and thoughts am i drinking it to appreciate it or am i drinking it to lose my mind if i'm drinking it to appreciate it let me sip it slow let me savor it let me understand the complexities of this peaty scotch let me you know let yes. me let me appreciate it and by appreciating it, appreciating it, I'm going to drink it slower. I'm not going to have as exactly many. It. And I'm not going to forget to call the Uber to take me home. I'm not going to forget that I have a wife and daughter at home. I'm not going to get so blasted that I lose myself. And my wife has seen me do this. My wife has heard me talk about this. So my wife knows if Shagun is out and he's like, hey, I'm going out with friends and I'm going to a bar. She's not, well, what are you doing? You, right. Because she knows my character and she knows how I approach drinking she knows how i approach fun but more importantly she knows how i approach her and i'm not about to disrespect my wife on some momentary dumb stuff because i feel like what i got to show off to these strangers who don't pay my bills who don't right. make me happy so no that's that's the discipline in a nutshell like you self-discipline if you can allow it to govern everything that you do i, I I mean, I, I don't know any other way to say it. Like, what's going to come back in return is going to be bigger and better. It gets greater later. Absolutely. Like, you don't have to have, you don't have to do all of this at once and all of this chaos. Be disciplined enough to take those extra steps, to put those bricks in the correct pattern to build the strong foundation. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and if people can just understand, discipline makes you present. Mm -hmm. Well it, said. It makes you present. So you, you're, you understand it slows things down, makes you clearer makes you more efficient, makes you more productive, makes you see the things that you couldn't before that are happening in chaos where you're just going, 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 and doing, 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 and then making bad choices. Yeah. Discipline makes you present. And it actually, in slowing things down, makes you enjoy the journey a lot more because you're like, why am I rushing in the first place and to who? Because right. I'm trying to prove that I have to have a certain amount in the bank account and a certain house to, to look a certain way. Like, where am I going so fast in the first place? And when you slow down, discipline slows down, makes you present. Yeah, it slows you down. And, and, and I, I think to a large degree, that's a lot of what we see plaguing society. Yes. It's that I got to have it now. Right. You know, like when you see even, even in my business of, of, of journalism or of media, I got to be first. Right. Right. There's no discipline in being first. 
right? There's discipline in being right, yeah. but there's no discipline in being first. So, you know, we let's take the tragedy the, the tragedy of Kobe Bryant. There were people that were saying, you know, Kobe Kobe was on board with all seven of his like his, his entire family that that all of the daughters, everybody was lost, right. and they were reporting this stuff without fact checking. Rep- like a person actually got on air, and I won't say their name, got on air and said. Kobe was on board with with all of his daughters and his wife. Like you cannot make those statements if you have discipline. Yeah. Discipline will make you fact check. It will make you un- uh, uh, details. Everything. Details. There's, everything. You know the devils in the details. Yes. Like go out there and find the truth. Don't be in such a rush to be the first person to do this. Or be the be the right person to do this. Get it right. right. And that's what we see in. I I personally think. In in a lot of this, in a lot of our music, and a lot of our TV, and a lot, everybody wants to be the first. Like, let's just break this without discipline. Everybody seems to know their rights. Nobody knows their responsibility. Everybody wants to say that, "Oh, I can do this now. It is my right. I should be." What is your responsibility if you do it? Yes, you act. There's, they put a camera in front of you. You have the ability to report the news. What is your responsibility? Because yes, as a reporter, it, you, you've, everybody with a cell phone could be their own reporter. Right. I could I could selfie video, upload it to YouTube, Netflix. I mean, any YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I could do all of that and upload it. But what's my responsibility if I'm wrong? Who do I hurt if my words are wrong? Right. What's my motivation even for saying this? My motivation is already screwed. I just want to be first. I'm not even caring if it's right. That type of lack of accountability, that lack of discipline to me is so disgusting because what it leads to is that chaos. And it becomes that chaos then leads to people, again, saying those statements like they're no good. This they're no good reporters, no good lawyers, no good men. They're no good because everybody's in this effort to be first and nobody wants to be right. Right. Nobody wants to be right. I like that. Don't be first. Be right. Yeah. You know. Where can everybody find you online? Everybody can find me online at Shagoon the Program, S-E-G-U-N-T-H-E Program. You can go to my website, which is Shagoon the Program. I do try to keep everything easily <laughs> easily branded. You can watch the list. Uh, we have a downloadable app to any of your phones. You can uh, watch us in your area in the different in the 37 markets that we are in. Um, I know here we're doing this out of Phoenix. Here in Phoenix, we are on uh, ABC at 2 o'clock. I know that we are on in Atlanta and Chicago and Denver and South Florida and Baltimore and and Virginia and San Diego and all these different cities and we're expanding and we're growing and you know the show is very different than the conversation that we had here it's it's, all good. it's a lot lighter and it's a news magazine show and we give you information <laughs> that you know you can take with you that'll definitely enrich your day so everyone who sees the show always get some information and likes what they get out of it. Uh, you can always go to my Instagram um, and the list Instagram to see some of our segments that we put up on uh, that we, you know, that we upload uh, to the different, to the different social media. And if you have time, as I said, watch it on network, but yeah, listen, hit me up on Twitter at Shagoon the program, hit me up on Instagram at Shagoon the program. If you want to talk, if you want to continue this conversation, I'm always happy to, I'm never afraid of the conversation, but if you engage me, engage right right? like don't talk at me for show talk to me if you really want to know something or if you have questions i'm happy to answer them but if you're doing it to show be like oh my god i got this dude to respond back like that says a little bit more about what you need and less about what i'm about you know but again i'm not listen i i have no entourage i don't walk around with you know with with crazy like crown on my head thinking that i'm super anything i again i'm i'm the son of immigrants who is trying to live out that American dream because that's what my parents showed me that with hard work, with discipline, with, you know, the effort to try and the willingness to try greatness is going to come to you. And 
that's what I would preach to anybody that, that meets me. You know, I got out of this show exactly what I wanted. I knew that, um, you know, yeah, we're, we're, I'm clearly not the list, obviously. <laughs> but, like, I knew this is where this would go. That's why I want, I've been wanting you on for a minute. I'm because, happy to do it. And, and, I, and I, obviously, I tell everybody that comes on the show, you're welcome back on any time. Because there's always, oh, first of all, it's a journey-driven podcast. So you're still well on your journey. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, whether it's a month from now, three months from now, a year from now, like, life changes daily for us. So you're welcome back on any time. We can Thank tackle you. any other set of uh, topics, I'm sure. And if everybody reaches out, by the way, to Shagoon, like, do so. Like, I, and I, I tell everybody, uh, the, uh, the audience, every week on every show, I say, listen, reach out to them. They, these people are approachable. Just be appropriate when you reach out and be, be integrity-driven when you reach out. <laughs> and you know, just know that if you're going to ask a question, you know, be, be willing to be open to receiving, you know, good answers as well, you know, and, and vice versa, you know, in, in contrast. But uh, appreciate having you on, man. This was, this was fire. I already know Thank that. You. I already know the feedback that's about to come on. Uh, like, I hope, I mean, I hope you get the good feedback. Um, before I go, let me just say a uh, shout out to my incredible wife, Asia, and our beautiful daughter, Ava. They are the alpha and omega of my life, the beginning and the end. They are what I do everything for. And so, and then again, shout out. He won't hear this podcast but without my dad looking down from heaven, I wouldn't be here. So. He, he ha he's listening now. He, him and uh, my father are actually hanging out right now and be like, look at these two men. <laughs> look know. what we did. Look how far they've come. Look at these two men. You know, um, yeah, I, I, I sincerely appreciate it. And thank you for, for sharing the essence of this kind of level of behavior as well, too, because I don't want people to think that life isn't, it, it, it's only hard from a perspective of, not making the choices that resonate with you best from an integrity-driven place and an understanding how they affect other people. Mm -hmm. Start there and you're going to be fine. People are just going to be fine if they just start there and, and make integrity-driven choices. And I'm glad that you, you really exuded that um, and you live that. And I appreciate you for that. And thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So everybody that's listening, Shagoon Oduolowu. Boom. 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 Knocked it out. Got Boom. It. You have uh, Nigerian right now. Uh, <laughs> check out Shagoon the Program on Instagram, shagoontheprogram.com. Reach out to him. Appreciate each and every one of you guys for listening. For the Hustle Sold Separately and for myself, Matt Gottesman, we're out.